Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me on Parenthood Friday and the second part of a collection that I'm doing here called the Boundaries Collection. So it's really important that um, because I'm building uh, each episode upon each other, that if you haven't already, go back and listen to last Friday's episode where I introduced the concept of um, boundaries and why children crave them and why they are so important. And so I'm going to be building on that each week and getting more and more practical as we go. Now, like I said last week, every child and teenager needs boundaries. They are absolutely crucial for their development and they crave them and they feel safe when they know their boundaries. And of course, increasingly we're told as parents to, um, you know, be more child centered and right, right down to the very fact that when babies are first born and, um, you know, we're not really given a lot of help on how to set up routines because it's not the trending way to parent at the moment, but children don't need us to go with the trends. They need us to go with what works. So you might be surprised to know in how many places of raising children that we need to be setting boundaries, which is what I want to share about today, the five different areas of um, where we need to be setting boundaries with our children. But first of all, I didn't really define last week what I mean by boundaries. I talked about why they need them and the benefits of them. But I just wanted to start off today by defining, by using a bit of an analogy or a picture. I think of boundaries as being the guardrails to help children and teenagers know where they can safely function while learning um, how to take responsibility for their own actions and attitudes and emotions. So if you think of them like guardrails, now when I was growing up, you might laugh at this, or maybe some of you would be like, oh my gosh, I know what you're talking about. We had a skating rink up the road from us, and it was one of the most popular things to do would be to go to this, it was called the Mod- Modbury Skate Line. Um, and it was a regular pastime that my uncles would take all of uh, my cousins to myself, my sister and my cousins, we would go there, oh, I would say almost once a week. So you'd, you know, pay to get in and you'd go and exchange your shoes for a pair of hired skates. And there was a cafe there. And um, so all of that was carpeted, the, the cafe, well, the cafe wasn't carpeted, but all of the other parts. But then of course you had the big rink where everyone would actually skate. Now, they would play music, they would turn the lights down and have like disco lights and colored lights flashing through. And we just loved it. They even had, imagine them doing this today, but they even had a Christian hour where they would play Christian music for a couple of hours. So I used to love that. I'd go and skate to uh, Amy Grant music and Petra and all this other music that I loved. Anyway, this rink was um, enclosed by this carpeted wall. It was kind of like 
rough carpet, but I think that was so that when you banged into it, it didn't hurt you. It wasn't a concrete wall. It was a carpeted wall. And around this wall, there was a handrail that went nearly all the way around. There's probably one little section where there was no handrail. So for me, when I first hopped on, I would always stay close to that wall, holding on to the rail. And then as my confidence grew, I would let go of the rail, but I remember I'd still skate really close to the to the wall until eventually I would feel confident enough to start getting faster and faster. And then eventually I remember thinking how good I was when I didn't have to skate next to the wall, but I could actually go right into the middle and I would, guys, I would even skate backwards. I know you're laughing. I was slow, but I skated backwards. But I think this is a great picture of what boundaries do for our kids, right? They need us to set a boundary like that, a wall like that with guardrails and handrails, something that they can function safely within. Now, some kids will be like me and they're going to hold on to those guardrails for dear life. Others are going to be a bit more confident and they want to experiment with life on their own. But at the end of the day, we all love that rink because we could be ourselves in a place that was safe and we could all take it at our own pace. Now, uh, like I said, this was the Modbury skate line. So I would love skating there. The other place that I would skate would be around the boundary of my house. My house growing up had a concrete path all the way around the outside. And that was the other place where I was safe and I was allowed to skate. My mum didn't let me go skating around the streets of my neighborhood, right? That was not safe. I was not ready for that. I needed the safety of the boundaries that the rink or my concrete path around my house provided. And that is what boundaries do for our kids. They help us to discover life and start becoming responsible, but in safe, in a safe place and in a safe way. These boundaries actually help us to learn what is me and what is not me. It shows where I end and where someone else begins. And all of this leads to a sense of ownership and responsibility, because then I know what I am to take on, what I'm to own, what I'm to take responsibility for. And that is what gives me freedom. The same as that rink. I felt so free to fly around that skating rink. It's the same thing. Now, boundaries need to be age appropriate. Okay. Like you're not going to see an adult that is still holding on to a guardrail. Well, okay, maybe a beginner skating adult, but you know, someone that's experienced, they're not going to do that. So our boundaries need to change according to our age of our children. And this can be challenging. You know, when we are parenting an eight-year-old at the same time that we're parenting a three-year-old, we've got two lots of different boundaries there. Now, boundaries also need to be Uh, Some need to be non-negotiable. They are set by us and they're immovable, whereas others can be negotiable. I'm going to talk about that in another episode because especially as children get a bit older, some need to be negotiable. Otherwise, we end up with a rebellious uh, child because they feel like they've got no room, no wriggle room. And the other thing that I want to talk about later, but I wanted to mention today was that boundaries take a lot of self-awareness and self-control and kids that lack self-awareness and self-control struggle with the concept of boundaries. And they also struggle to function um, outside of the home. And so I'm going to do an episode on that because that's really, really important. So 
The the big takeaway though at the, at the moment with boundaries is that children cannot just say, do and act as they please. We need to put up those strong guardrails just like I had those strong guardrails when I was skating um, right from when they're very little. And the, the five things I'm going to share with you today, this is not an exhaustive list, but I think by naming these five things, it will help you to see in how many different areas that our children need us to set boundaries. We're not just talking about a few routines here. There's um, a lot more scope for where they need us to set up healthy boundaries so that they can grow and mature and thrive. So those five areas, and I'll go through them one at a time, are verbal, emotional, material, social, and time. So let me say those again, five areas to develop boundaries for our children, verbal, emotional, material, social, and time. Now, like I said, these are all going to change depending on the age of the child or the young teenager that you are parenting. Let's start off with time. And so I'm just going to list a few things. And like I said, this is not exhaustive, but we need to set boundaries when it comes to things like their bedtime. I remember having this family come to our church in the early days of when we first planted um, the church and the child was, look, from my trained eye, I could tell that there was no boundaries set. And I remember the mum telling me, you know, how exhausted that she was. And I, I can't remember how we got into the conversation, but we started talking about bedtime and she was telling me how her child sets the bedtime. And I was just like, oh man, that might be okay when you've got one child, but try having like two, three or four kids where they all set their own, you know, bedtime. And I'm like, oh, and what time does your child, and this child was not even two, like probably, I don't know, 15, 16 months, maybe. And she was like, oh, sometimes 10 o'clock, sometimes nine o'clock. I'm like, no, 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 no. That is a case of you need to parent. Your child is too young. That is that is not setting a, a, a healthy boundary for your child. That's not good for them to be setting their own bedtime. So we need to set bedtimes for our children and they need to be consistent. Uh, we need to be setting rules around homework. You know, I would say to my children, you come home, you have your afternoon tea, then you do your homework then you go outside and play. Now, obviously that's going to change as they get older. When they be, you know, get into their high school years, they can set that themselves. We need to set boundaries when it comes to time around things like chores, what they need to do and when they need to do it. Again, it will change as they get older, but they still need to be expected to participate and contribute. We need to set boundaries around them respecting other people's time. So when it's their time and when it's your time, some children take all of their parents' time. Some children, you know, all that the parents do, it's like the parent can't even have a conversation with another adult because the child takes all of their time. We need to set boundaries. You know, you don't have to answer to every whim and be there for them every single moment of every single day. That's not good for you and it's not good for them because in reality, when they get out into the real world, people are not going to give them 100% of their time. So when my kids were really little, they knew that in the afternoons, I would have a bit of time to myself where I'd have a coffee and I would be there, but I would expect them to have their own time to play. They could play on their own, they could play with each other, or they could play outside, but I was setting a boundary of this is my time, this is your time. 
Uh, We need to teach them not to hog other people's time. You know, the kid who demands all the attention from the teacher. I remember having a child in, they would have been year three, I think. And they just wanted my time all the time. Now that's not fair to the other 26 children in my class. So I remember putting a jar on their desk with about five paddle pop sticks. And I said to this child, every time you come to me to ask me something or tell me something, you have to bring a paddle pop stick, which I would then take. When you've run out of paddle pop sticks for the day, you're not allowed to come up to me anymore. What was I doing? I was teaching that child, you can't hog my time. We need to be able to share other people's time. It's important to teach our children that. Um, Even too, we need to limit times around screen time. I mean, when my kids are very little, even if I was raising them now, I would say no screen time when they're very little. They don't need it. Um, But as they get older, not just giving them everything, even when they're 13 or 14, putting limits around screen time. Okay, secondly, let's look at verbal boundaries. This is an area parents often don't realize we need to set boundaries. I'm talking about the way that they are and are not allowed to speak to you. I hear some children speaking to their parents and I'm mortified at what the parents put up with, but that is not the child's fault. That is the parent's fault for not teaching them. So uh, included in this is teaching our children when to interrupt us and how to interrupt us. I've done a podcast on this about uh, my kids, how they would rest their hand on my arm when I was talking to someone else. And that way I would put my hand on top of theirs. And so that was their way of not just, you know, being rudely interrupting, but also it was their my way of saying, hey, I know that you want me. And when I can have a break in my conversation, I will stop and I will ask you what you want. So, you know, these are all boundaries. Um, Manners. My kids, I was forever teaching them manners, please and thank you. Um, You know, they need to know unacceptable verbal behavior, like whining is not acceptable, answering back is not acceptable, saying no to me when I've asked them to do something is not acceptable. Are teaching them to have boundaries around the way they speak to others, how they address other adults. You know, um, my children, depending on the age, would be Mr. and Mrs. or Auntie and Uncle, or obviously some people didn't mind first name basis, but I wouldn't assume. So these are all boundaries that we set for our children from a very young age verbally. Even things like no dobbing, my kids were not allowed to dob on one another. Uh, They weren't allowed to criticize one another. They had to be, um, you know, if they had an issue, they could come to me, but how to deal with these things verbally. Even things like teach them boundaries on how they have conversations with people. I don't know if I've done an episode on this, but I used to role model, not role model. I used to actually um, practice with my kids. We would have little practice sessions on how to answer the phone, how to talk to people on the phone. Okay. Thirdly, material or physical boundaries. This is really important. When they're very little, you need to set clear physical boundaries of what is on and off limits. Don't let your kids roam through your entire house. Let them know where they can and can't go. You know, what what are they allowed to touch and what are they not allowed to touch? The Christmas tree is off limits. For my kids, most of the cupboards in the kitchen were off limits, 
But I did have one cupboard where I had all my loose Tupperware and it was down the bottom and that was one drawer that they were allowed to open and play with. But, you know, I didn't mind them touching that one drawer, but they weren't going through all my cupboards or all my drawers. That is setting a boundary, which by the way, you will be very grateful for when you take them to other people's houses. Um, you know, even even material boundaries around things like when it comes to their toys, right? Like older siblings might have a game that they like to play together and the younger sibling might be too little to handle that. It might be a board game that's got smaller pieces or paper pieces. Now, I know a lot of parents that they don't like the discomfort of telling their younger child, no, you can't play with your older siblings right now because obviously the little child will most likely cry and throw a tantrum and parents want to avoid that. So then what happens is the older children get punished instead and they're told to either include their little one their younger sibling, or they're told not to play that right now, only play it when the sibling's in bed. No, use these opportunities to set boundaries. The little one needs to know they can't do everything that the older ones do. And that's not a bad thing for them to hear the word no. Um, You can set material or physical boundaries when it comes to inside behavior versus outside behavior. I used to use those words with my kids. There was an inside voice and an outside voice. I don't like loud noises. I don't like kids screaming inside or inside a cafe. I'm like, no, when we're inside, we use our inside voice. Outside, go and scream to your heart's content, although you still need to take in consideration the time of the day and the neighbors. But, you know, inside behavior, you take your shoes off, you don't climb on furniture, you don't eat on the lounge, you sit at the dining table, um, you pack up after yourself. Whereas outside, there are different rules. You can use your outside voice. You can run around. You can shout. You can climb on the play gym, climb up the trees. No, don't climb on the outside dining table. Um, You know, the boundary of staying in the backyard and not going around the front, not running in and out and slamming doors. All of those things are setting material or physical boundaries. You keep the sand in the sandpit. You don't rip the pages off of books. You know, teach them how to treat other people's physical or material belongings. Teach them boundaries around their own personal belongings, keeping their bedroom tidy, not breaking things on purpose, packing up their toys. All of those things are physical or material boundaries that are good for your children to have. Number four, social boundaries. So this is the way that they interact with other people. Now, this can be anything from their siblings through to cousins, through to their friends. You know, social boundaries of not snatching things out of the hands of other children, not hitting, not biting, learning to share, inviting others to play with you, speaking kindly to other children. Um, when they're at home, respecting their siblings' privacy, knocking on the door before they enter their bedroom, asking their sibling if they can use something of theirs. So social boundaries also include learning to manage their friendships. Now, at first, you're going to have to really help with that, help them to manage their friendships, help them to choose their friends, but then we can start taking our hands off as they get older. Um, But then there might be some friendships that even in their high school years that we need to set boundaries and say that person's not good for you. So these are all social interactions that we can teach boundaries. Dating comes into this as well. Think about what your boundaries are when it comes to dating. And number five, emotional boundaries. This is a really good thing for our children and our teenagers 
uh, to learn to manage their emotions. Now, all three of my kids, I mean, they still, I just heard my boys just a second ago having a bit of a fight and I was like, oh my gosh. But in general, my kids are really good at managing their emotions. They, um, even at home, they don't go off their nut at each other. I mean, they have their occasional, you know, fight, but even now Cameron and I still need to step in just particularly with the the ages of where they're at. They're, they're transitioning to becoming, you know, responsible young adults, but it doesn't mean that they can treat their siblings, uh, in a rude way if they're angry or they're tired or they're upset. So, teaching our children from a young age right through to young adults that you know it's okay to be angry or tired or irritable or, or upset but we need to set boundaries on um, on how we outwork or express those things so what are the behavioral boundaries so that they can express these things without taking it out on other people so you know, from a young age, you're talking tantrums, you're talking dealing with moodiness and teaching them to manage their emotions from when they're young through to when they're old, uh, older. Emotional boundaries, I would say choices come into this. I've talked about this before. Children become too overwhelmed with too many options. Just give them two. You know, this is all managing emotional, their emotional boundaries, choices. You know, you can have this dress or this dress. Don't just open up the doors and give them a thousand choices. You can eat from the yellow plate or the blue plate. So it's all of these choices that really comes into managing their emotions. So look, I've, there are so many more things that I could talk about with giving you individual examples but I think just stating those five areas, it helps you to see that it's more than just setting a bedtime routine or setting a bath time routine or packing up after themselves. There are so many areas. So let me just touch on those five again, setting areas for themselves um, with verbally, the way they speak, um, emotionally, setting boundaries on material or physical items, on social Uh, setting them socially and setting boundaries to do with time. So verbal, emotional, material, social, and time. Now, just remember all of these boundary settings help to increase our children's confidence. It reduces anxiety. It teaches them age-appropriate responsibility, and it also gives them strong values It helps them to develop a strong moral inner compass. And of course, these all need to be age appropriate and adjust and and change uh, with the different ages. And don't make these things rigid. Remember, the one way to stop these things from becoming a list of rules is to always teach the why behind the what. I find that my kids gave very little kickback because they understood the why behind the what. And even when they were really angry at us for saying no, particularly say, I remember, you know, I remember Georgia getting really annoyed with us that we wouldn't let her go to a party. But when you explain the why behind the what of why we weren't letting her go to that party, they really can't argue because they're like, yeah, mum and dad are actually doing it because they love me and to protect me. Um, and now my youngest, Ashton, who's watched us go through all that with Georgia and Liam, there's so many times where he will say to me, he'll come back and he'll go, um, oh yeah, mum, guess what happened at this party the other week? 
he, he this this happens on a regular basis. He'll go, Mum, guess what happened? And it would be something I'll be like, oh my gosh, like the police were called or someone got themselves in trouble with a girl or whatever it is. And he'll be like, you know, I was invited to that mum, but I um, didn't even bother to ask you because, and it, he, he didn't bother to ask because he knew that we'd say no. He didn't bother to ask now because he knows why we don't want him to go and he doesn't want to go. And of course, he still knows that we would say no, but he understands why. And he often will say to me, mum, I totally get why you said no to us because so many things happen at these flippin' parties where people get them, these young adult, young teenagers, I should say, get themselves in trouble. And he's like, shivers, mum, you saved me from so much trouble. And he gets it. And so he's now got that moral compass for himself to the degree where I could let him to go to one of those parties and he would most likely be fine because his inner compass is so strong, but he doesn't even want to go now because he just doesn't want to be involved in or a part of that kind of behavior when he's got a whole stack of friends from church and from youth that he loves hanging out with. A couple of them also go to school and they have a great time together and they do a whole bunch of their own other stuff um, where you know, like for example, this, I know examples help you guys. There's a bunch of friends that they like watching this particular Netflix series. And every time, um, a new episode or a new season drops, they all go hang out at that kid's house. They're all 16 or 17 and they, the parents, um, they all chip in and buy pizza. The parents have got a massive yard. So they go on the ride on, um, like, like there's like a ride on mower, Um, they just, they do all sorts of stuff, but they don't get themselves in trouble. And I don't mind him doing that because I, I know the parents, I, I know what the boys are up to and, um, and Ashton now can manage himself. So I hope that's helped, but I really want you to understand how many areas we need to be setting boundaries and this, and how this starts from a very young age, even down to, you know, I've talked about feeding routines when you have a baby All of that is just helping set boundaries and guidelines that help our children feel safe and secure. And that is the way that they develop into confident, non-anxious adults. So guys, I look forward to unpacking this a little bit more in the next couple of weeks. I do want to touch on the negotiable versus non-negotiable and definitely talk about self-control and self-awareness because that is so important for our kids to have those two Um, character traits. So guys, thanks for joining me. Love you so much. Look forward to being with you next Wednesday and again, continuing this collection next Friday. Until then, have a great week. Bye.